When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Craig Fowler, and I am joined by a couple of good brothers, Sean McWigan. Hello. And Tom Watt. Hello, how are we doing? We're, we're, we're good. Well, I'm good. I can't speak for Sean. Sorry, Sean. No, I'm fine. Absolutely fine. Thank you. That's good. That's good to hear. So we're all fine. That's lovely. Scottish yeah. football. Yay! The weekend was full of action, as we talked about on the Monday show, where we discussed the top flight. Now we're going to look at the lower leagues. Uh, Telfer was unavailable this week, so myself and Tom are going to try and act as, you know, between us, get like, I don't know, two thirds of a Craig Telfer or something. (laughs) And then hopefully Sean can maybe step up his game a little bit more, so he is one and a third of Sean McGregor, and that'll kind of give us a a whole two there. I I suspect this won't last four hours. That's uh, that's my my thoughts. And if I'm being honest, that's my hopes. (laughs) Well, certainly me, because I've got plans after this. (laughs) I couldn't believe it when I got home that night because I'd actually been out. <laughs> Tony was just like, and I was like, what do you go to bed? And Tony's like, by the way, they're still recording. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. It was, uh, so, so like I've, I've had some disasters about travelling to work uh, this week. I've had, I've had meltdowns at uh, Kirkcaldy train station and Haymarket. But I was, so I was coming home last night, totally crab it. And I think I had, was it one, maybe two kind of, kind of notifications? And it was people saying, just, just finish your podcast. I'm like, it's been up for a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's literally been a week to listen to it. And then, and listen, fair enough, if you managed to, to, to stay with it and you, you enjoyed it, then, then uh, fair enough, because I enjoyed Sean, recording I, it. I had, I had the next day off. And I, all I, was, and I spent the day wandering around Edinburgh by myself listening to music and podcasts. And I still didn't manage to get through it all. <laughs> There's large parts of the country that I think it would take a week to download. <laughs> <laughs> Right, what we're going to do on this show is we're eventually going to get to the top 10 on our most memorable Scotland list. And I was actually thinking about this list earlier. There's now like loads of games that should be on this list that won't have been it. Because we, when did we first devise this list? Three years ago? It was before years the pandemic, ago. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Some years ago. I think it was 2019 we, went, we came up with this list. And since then, I was thinking, like, 
The the game against Serbia would definitely be like top ten. That's not going to be a, a peer. Um, the 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 little draw with England probably would have made it. Uh, you could even say either the the Czech game or the Croatia game probably would have sneaked into the top fifty. And Denmark. even maybe the the two the, uh, the Denmark game, the Israel game. There's loads of games recently that have not made it at the top fifty. We just have to start but, again. Just get count down the top aye, ten aye. immediately. Go, go, go right, again. Let, let's go right back to the beginning. Uh, we'll, we'll send out another poll, and people can vote, people can vote, and we'll go back to number fifty. Which, okay, by the time we finish this, we can probably just say, right, okay, we're now doing the, the top fifty most memorable games since we created the last top fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's like Craig Anderson's take on the Rolling Stone top five hundred albums. We just straight back to start, and we'll go again. <laughs> Revisit them with a with a with a new renewed vigor. <laughs> so we'll get to that, but beforehand, we've each picked a game from the lower leagues to focus on for the past weekend, and I'm going to go first. Actually, let's get mine out of the way uh, because I'm probably I probably had time to do the least amount of research out of the three of us, and also as well <laughs> when I when I, I've watched the highlights of my game, I've watched all nine minutes of the highlights, although two minutes were taken up by players walking onto the park and a flag being raised. Um, but I, I have watched the highlights, but I, did, I was uh, a little bit downbeat when I went on by and Bovril to read, the, the, to read about the game. And there was literally two replies to, to the threat. I was like, <laughs> well, oh no. Well, well, welcome to the lower league. Uh, welcome to the lower league threads, Fowler. Uh, it's because uh, it's, it's two teams as well that don't have a kind of... I've noticed this with pretty much every team that, that's come up from the pyramid. Uh, there isn't a culture amongst the fans of being in Pie and Bovril throughout the years. So there isn't that many of them. So threads involving each sometimes there isn't even like these are the teams that quite a lot there's not even a thread on their game like at all at the weekend. Uh, and there may be one or two comments in the individual club threads, uh, which I managed to get a wee bit more info of both teams then. So uh, the game I want to talk about is Kelly Hearts nil Edinburgh City two. Now it's two teams in the same division. It's two teams that were promoted this last season. But it was still quite a shock because Kelty Hearts finished 29 points ahead of Edinburgh last season. Did I call them Edinburgh City there? Should we? Or did I just call them Edinburgh? I can't remember. FC Edinburgh, anyway. Um, I would say Edinburgh's that I'd, fine. Edinburgh's I would, fine. Yeah, I would say that I'd imagine that last season there wouldn't have been 29 points between them if... Alan Mabry had maybe been in charge for the entire season. Or, perhaps more pertinently, if John Potter hadn't been in charge of Kelly Hearts for the entire season. <laughs> but it's still a bit of a shock in itself. Um, having watched the game, I think my initial reaction to the result was... Because, Sean, I listened... When you and Telford did do the Low League podcast, I was I was firmly in your camp. And I, I knew what Telford was getting at when he said, like, it's, it's a good thing for Kelly that they've, like, the dispense of Kev Thompson because he was kind of making, you know, kissy faces at, at any full-time club with a, a half-decent job going, and that would have proved to be a distraction. But that was, for that to really, for, for Kelty to get a lift from that, if you're like, if you're trying to think of their chances for this season, you're comparing them to what they did last year, and you're trying to think, right, what would runaway leaders of League 2 do in League 1? And you'd probably say, yeah, around about fourth playoff, something like that. If that Kev Thompson thing was hanging over the club for like half a season and it was hamstringing them and they won the league in, in spite of that, then I would I would be inclined to agree with Telford a bit more. But I agree with you, Sean, that basically they've got to the end of the season. Kev Thompson's fancied himself at another job. They've eventually departed ways, probably for the best. But they've just they've made a really kind of a gamble in an appointment in John Potter considering his last job with them when he finished seventh in League One. 
Um, and so I, I saw the result and was like, okay, that's that's very bad. Um, and if John Potter took Dunfermline to seventh, can he take Kelly Hearts right back down again? <laughs> but having having watched the the highlights and then kind of read up on the game, they were they were a little unlucky. I think they were the they certainly had the more chances during, throughout the game. The one, and, 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 and there was a bit that had a pretty strong penalty shout turned down in the first half. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have seen the, the highlights. Yep, no, I have. I have. Um, I uh, I still can't make my mind up on the penalty. I thought I uh, I, I, I thought Kelty's penalty shout was stronger than Edinburgh's penalty shout. Albeit oh, no, Edinburgh, actually, albeit Edinburgh missed their penalty, I, I thought Kelty's was a stronger shout. No, I actually thought that... Um, I thought the Edinburgh one was pretty clear when you see the re- for initial my initial look was like he's just put his arm on him and uh, John Robertson I think it was it, it's mm-hmm. just gone down but when you see the replay Jordan Foster also sticks his leg over him and I think there's contacts I think there's contact with his leg as well as the kind of motion with his arm so I think it I thought that was a penalty I really can't tell that the Kelty one at all I can see from both sides I can see Kelty saying you know he's going up for a ball in the air he gets a shove in the back when he's about to lift off. It's pretty blatant. It's a penalty. But I can see the Edinburgh side say that Kyle Doherty, Doherty kind of stops his run as the ball's getting there, which kind of makes contact a bit more inevitable. And there's no kind of push-off shove. It's a kind of lean into the back. And you also wonder as well whether Doherty's making a, a bit of a meal of it. I, I thought so, he knew what he was doing. I, I, I thought he knew what he was doing. But at the same yeah. time, I still thought there was probably more force behind it than what Edinburgh did get a penalty for. Uh, that aside, uh, based on based on how the how the game panned out, I know we, in terms of talking about both clubs last last week, I I was maybe slightly hopeful for Edinburgh. I suppose in terms of, I think before they started recruiting, I thought Edinburgh's in big trouble here. Bear in mind, uh, they, they nobody fancied them to get promoted last season. However, I, I think they've might have brought in enough talent to maybe just about keep their keep their heads above water this season in terms of Kelty. I'm, I'm not so sure about them. Like I know I, I know in terms of how this game panned out. On another day, they might have won it. I thought uh, I thought Robbie Much and the Edinburgh goal had a had a, had a good game, but you're looking at that at that Kelty team and it's like right. So Tamil Ware and Jordan Foster at centre half. That's probably fine at League Two. It might even they might even get away with it at League One. Uh, to be fair, they get but away with Tamil Ware anyway. But but they will be tested. They'll be tested far yeah. more in League One than, than they were in League Two, and certainly Foster, uh, based on this evidence, struggled. So so I'm not so Aye, sure about even them. even if you don't think it's a penalty, his, his positioning is all over the place in the build up to that. I and the, and the second goal, he would, I, th- I thought it was badly at fault for the second goal that that, that Uzi C uh, eventually slotted away. I am, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sold on Kelly. Bear in mind, I, I was under the impression that like Dougie Hill, I thought Dougie Hill had been brought out of of uh, retirement to help them out in preseason. Like he was on the bench on Saturday. It, it kind of feels like Kelly, along with another team who we will, will we will get to eventually. We talk about Kelly as being a kind of money laden side. I, I do think that they're, they're maybe reining in a wee bit. No, which is absolutely, which is absolutely fine. I think but definitely I, 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 I don't see Kelty being a team that is going to trouble 
certainly a kind of top three places, and uh, I'm not entirely sure they'll, they'll, they'll trouble the promotion places in general. Because I think they made they made five signings this summer. Only Lewis Martin and Kyle Doherty and sorry, sorry Doherty um, started the game, and he, uh, Doherty himself, twenty uh, year old, signed from Albion Rovers, and. Most of the kind of signings they have made this summer are kind of like more of a kind of younger players. They seem to be, you know, now that they're maybe in League One, I don't know if they've maybe thought, right, okay, unless we continue to throw lots of money at this, we're not going to be able to continue to rise really much. So we can maybe get ourselves a foundation in League One and kind of build for there. And the way to do that is to bring in younger players. But there is seem there is seem to be a bit of a doubt, especially with some of the guys that started in this game. I saw that the, the fans weren't overly enamoured with having uh, Reese Peggy and Robin McNabb uh, in the starting eleven at League One level. I think they, they thought that was maybe a bit of a a bit too a bit too difficult for them over the course of the season if they're going to start, be starting every week. It should be said though that I would say that they, they looked a better side in this game. They were. With, with the caveat that they, they, they struggled to create a lot of clear-cut chances, I think the best one they had was, was Joe Cardo, and he was very unlucky. He hit the post with a, a side-footed first-time finish, and the ball came back off the post, <clears throat> hit Robbie Much on the leg. Looked like it was certainly going to go in, and, and somehow went out for a corner. That, that, was, my, say- that, that, that was my favourite, actually, passage of play for the entire game. So I, I don't know who avenged, I don't know who picked up the ball kind of wide left in a forward position for Kelty, but Cardo ran in front of him, then realised that he was probably in his way. So tried to kind of jump out of his way. But rather than jump out of his way, he actually fell over his feet. So he fell, then sprinted into the box, eventually got in, got on the end of a, a delivery in the area. Uh, I think he might have hit it first time, but didn't really hit it quite cleanly. No. But it came off the post, uh, bounced back off of Robbie Mutch's like extended toe, you know, like, well, well, that surely must go in, but then somehow uh, Robbie Much kept out. You're right, on another day, Kelty would have won. However, if, if we're thinking about who is essentially going to be some of the the more difficult days in League One, Edinburgh aren't going to be amongst them. So I, I do wonder about Kelty this, this season. Starting 11, fine. There's no depth there at all. Yeah, and you, well, we should add as well that they've still got Callum Higginbottom and Nathan Austin to come back. A couple of huge players for them. And, and they will make a difference, absolutely. Is there, but, a, yeah. is there a, 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 I mean, I, you know better than me, is there a, been a specific reason why now rein in the, the, the spending? Because you'd think, given the huge Cause, gaps Tom, that they've Because everybody in Kelly's got five conservatories already. Uh, well, did, you, did you have a, did you have a conservatory? A do, do you need a conservatory? <laughs> I, I don't. I, do you need a sixth one? <laughs> like a, maybe a second second tier to it or something? Um, yeah, it just seems that, that, that especially when now they've arrived at League One and there's been so much resource thrown at getting them to where they are, like that, that's a, it's a, that is a hard league this season. I mean, it's always a hard league, but there, there, are, there are some really good sides in it this season. And um, like you say, I think Edinburgh are not one of the, the – they were promoted surprise packets last season. They're – I wouldn't be at all surprised if they're down the bottom ish come the end of the season. <clears throat> and it seems like now would have been a time to throw a bit more at it. Um rather than rein it in now, rather than spending what's apparently has been spent on players that were well above the level that they were at. You never know as well. They could be taking a year off because League One is that jam packed and has three full time yeah. teams in it. 
Which that, I mean, that, 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 there's also an argument that Edinburgh City, uh, sorry, Jizo, FC Edinburgh, have actually arguably recruited better than Kelty. Like, yeah, I would say Kieran so. McDonald, like, Kieran McDonald will probably end up being the best left back or left or best left wing back in, in League One. Like, Liam Fontaine would probably get a game for Kelty, no bother. Yeah, it says a lot mm. about uh, Dundee's, <laughs> Dundee's <laughs> recruitment and defence last season that Liam Fontaine played over 20 times for them, and now he's a part-time player in League One. I am... I am. That's why I, I have I'm, doubts over Dunfermline's candidacy as champions. Do you know something? I, I know we'll eventually get to this. Maybe we won't talk about Dunfermline, but I do think Dunfermline will be... The, the best of a bad bunch and I, I'm, perhaps perhaps League One won't be as good as we thought it would be Final word before we move on to the next game on Edinburgh I don't want to beat um, kind of beat a dead horse here because you guys covered it in depth last week about their kind of problems off the field but just to kind of a slight update on that for reading the the, the fuck I was going to say City again uh, the Edinburgh uh, forum on, on Pine Bovril apparently for this weekend's game so they're hosting Dunfermline their the first league game at Meadowbank and they've increased the capacity to 800, but the extra capacity is apparently just they're opening up the the grassy bit at the opposite end for the stand, which is there's no covering and there's no there's no elevation. So you're paying 18 quid to just stand at the side of a football pitch, really. Pish. I, I mean, I mean, listen, that that venue is ill prepared for for SPFL football, and uh, I, I hope they can. I hope they can get like another stand in, but but regardless, it's uh, it, it feels like a flat a, a flat welcome to League One for for Edinburgh Edinburgh fans. Right, where shall we go next? Who wants to go next? Somebody want to stick their hand up? Go on then. There you go, Tom. Get mine, get mine out of the way. Sorry, Sean. Um, That's fine. I had a look at uh, had a look at Cove against Race with. Uh, particular eye on on Cove just kind of interested in like similarly I've had a very good run I mean what five what we've got on now like five league titles if you include the Highland League ones in the last seven seasons three promotions in the last four um and interested to see how this is the first time that they're they are not going into a division immediately amongst with with, with what the best squad in the league. Um new manager, a very thin squad this season. Um not being the ideal preparations with the um Rory McAllister deciding to go on uh, to book a holiday and immediately being put up for, for, for transfer. Um and just was kind of interested to see how they would do against Certainly, last season one of the one of the better sides in the division. They're going to have to. We're obviously going to have to rein in their um, their more attacking instincts. And last season they basically had at times a front three. Um, they were going to have. They're obviously going to have to be a little bit more um, conservative uh, this season in, in the championship. But. I think their ambitions this season will just be. I mean, their their ambitions are. To, Ultimately, to play in the top flight, I think they they are ahead of the curve already. When they they talked a couple of seasons about go about being a championship club, it was for I think season twenty twenty four twenty five ahead of the curve all, um, already. And you know it's not the world's most romantic story. Their rise through the divisions because they've done what a number of Highland League teams have done and offered 
more money, better career progression, lots of other lots of other add-ons to be able to bring in players who aren't either who who are like have played at the, the top level um would otherwise be playing at a far higher level um and are in the the, the peak of their careers rather than being you know guys that are maybe on the on the downward um on a downward trajectory so it's not the world's most romantic story but it, but it has been quite a pragmatic um pragmatic story so yeah interesting that with with a new manager and to sort of see how they would adapt their target like i say at the start of the season will just be to stay in this division consolidate it's the kind of i mean it all but probably two clubs will have realistic ambitions of being at least playoff clubs i think you could safely say oh pretty much any probably the same number could easily get involved in in a relegation fight um but i don't so i don't think there's this um i don't think they're a particularly it's a particularly romantic story but but i think they could be a kind of sustainable club in the way that like a ross county are in that the people who back them want to continue backing them and i think like with a couple of other clubs we're in the next 10 years we'll probably see four or five clubs that are running in, in, in kind of the same way arguably this summer they've done similar and so far they haven't they haven't spent a huge amount of money on on adding to the, the squad I think the squad's only got 20 in it I think there's only one player on loan you'd imagine there'll be a couple more before the end of the window but it's not like they've got to the championship and gone right we need to bring in a whole raft of ex-pros I mean couple of a couple of key signings but nothing in comparison to what they they have done in previous years so yeah i just thought it was kind of kind of an intriguing matchup for starters um and the way they've kind of messed around with with the system as a little bit as well and have been a little bit more a little bit more pragmatic um it, it was a and it was an interesting game i mean i think it was pretty open certainly looked like it was pretty open Wraith at the post twice um but the alarming dearth of center backs seemed to really really bite them and um in Mitch Meganson uh Cove looked like they've got like he he's more going to be more than capable at a championship level especially when you just leave him completely unmarked at the back post <laughs> for a corner um I mean, the, the the first goal is either very well worked or I'm going to go for like just two comic sclaffs that, that come out really, really nicely. I'm not sure if it well worked. I, I think it, like it, it, if it was done on a, if you did it on like FIFA, it would be like, or you scored that in like Football Manager or something, it would be like one off the training ground. If you read it in a newspaper, it, it's like, a corner that goes kind of goes short to the um, goes short to the, the edge of the penalty box. I think it's Scott Ross dinks it into the back post and takes out four four uh, Wraith players and Mitch Meganson's at the back post. Actually, I think it's kind of a sclaffy corner that wasn't meant to go there. Ross takes a swing at it. I think he's trying to shoot. It loops up and Meganson's in all the space at the the, the back post. Um, Wraith had had a couple of chances before that, but at, at that point, it almost um, 
at one nil, it meant that um, Cove could kind of sit deep, and they they did commit they did they didn't commit an awful lot of bodies back. And and last season, like I say, they they played with almost a front three certainly with um, Meganson and McAllister and pushing another midfielder like basically as a, a an out and out number ten. Um, and yeah, they they could they could go along, and because there was no no discernible centre backs playing, every time they went long, it caused a huge problem. Either from um, you know directly from the goalkeeper, or they were winning winning flick ons or were winning second balls. Um, that and that's they, they had another chance fairly shortly after. But the, the second goal is they go long from a free kick. Um, it's knocked into. Uh, it's flicked on. It's knocked down to Mitch Meganson, and he he gets his second. Um, I mean, I I think I make it. The Highland League goals are kind of sketchy, but I think I make it 193 goals for Mitch Meganson in something like 240 appearances. So quite likely he'll get his 200th Cove goal um, this season. Um, but yeah, they they look. Cove's target will be to get 10 wins this season and if they get 10 wins this season they'll be almost certainly safe um, so you know one down with, with 35 to play for um, Wraith kind of threw quite a lot at them late on but any time they they broke on the counter and they had a good few chances um, on the counter to, to, um, to kind of really put it to bed um, and they look like they're going to be more than capable. Uh, they had a couple of scares, and like I say, Wraith hit the post a couple of times. And you know, I think you'll have your your opinion, Sean, on how how they set up. But um, they look like they will be the the, the squad is thin. They, they only had what I think they only named five subs on the bench. They've only got twenty in the the squad. They they will need bodies. But I was intrigued to see how they they'd get on, and I think they'll be fine. I still. I'm still not convinced by Cove uh, in spite of the result. I think I worry about the age of their team. They've, they've got quite a, an, an old squad. They they're giving off the same kind of vibes as, as Kelly in terms of not kind of spending the the money that we've seen them once do uh, before. The change of manager again, Kelly kind of vibes as well. Change of manager doesn't help, and I do wonder whether they came up against. I mean, uh, the game was at the game was at home, wasn't it as well? Um, yeah. yeah. I wonder whether they've kind of come up against the the, the opponent at the ideal time because Wraith don't have any Wraith have got problems in defence and don't have any forwards and their squad isn't really complete yet. And I know you could say that the Coves maybe isn't complete either, but I don't know. I just kind of get I have a feeling, and maybe it's nothing based nothing more of the feeling, but I have a feeling that Wraith are going to be able to to strengthen their side or or, or at least have the the ambition and the means to, to strengthen their side more from now until the end of the window more than, than Cove do. So I, I wonder whether they've caught the exact right opponent at the exact right time to get off to a flyer. And they'll also kind of have that, which we often see in football, teams that come up uh, and, and especially come up with record Kelly, uh, sorry, Cove had where they directly lost the game after November. So they, they've yeah. got that confidence kind of surging through the team uh, and there's still a lot of players left. Uh, they, they lost some, but there's still a lot of players left there from last season. So I don't know. I still think the squad needs a bit more to it. Not being entirely convinced by their signing so far, and they are an aged team. So when it gets to the kind of winter months, let's let's kind of see how they do. Then I'm. It's certainly not a, a, a week one result that I'm going to kind of change my opinion on a team to. But Sean, you can maybe fill us in. How pressure Wraith? 
Uh, I, I mean, it was a strange game. So, so I agree a, a lot with what what Tom was saying. However, what I would say was uh, the the game probably panned out how I thought it would. Not not necessarily in terms of results. I, I didn't know. I wasn't sure how how it would pan out result wise. In terms of performance wise, I, I thought it panned out how I thought it would. So in terms of in terms of Cove. They're far poorer than they were last season. So they've replaced Harry Milne, best left back in League One, man of the match at the weekend against Dundee uh, for Patrick Thistle. They replaced him with uh, Evan Tyler. Evan Tyler from Aberdeen. Yeah. He's like a teenager with, from, from Aberdeen. Listen, yeah. he, he struggled the first half, thought he was slightly better second half, but he's no Harry Milne. They've also lost Ronan McAllister, replaced him with some dough ball from, I think, Wrexham. Uh, they are, they're, they're, they're a weaker side there is no getting away from them they're a weaker side I thought in the first half Wraith Rovers were a better team I, I, so I, I I didn't travel up but I did see the I did see the full game in terms of the highlights I don't know if you watched the Wraith Rovers highlights but it's quite funny they, they seem to be filmed in like a midget nest so it was <laughs> So, was, so, so literally for the entire game, there's just like hundreds of midges flying across the camera. So there was like, a few things that the the Rovers highlights didn't capture, and it was it was times where Wraith were, were on top. I'd, I'd mentioned them in uh, in Pine Burville. He was like, oh, we didn't capture that because literally we're being eaten alive by midges. I was like, no worries. Uh, but in terms of first half, uh, I mean, ultimately in general, the game panned out. Wraith Rovers midfield was was good in the first half. Uh, dominated Coves, uh, created chances for Jimmy Gullen, but you're expecting Jimmy Gullen to take them, and and that isn't going to happen because Jimmy Gullen is their striker. They've uh, they've brought in Kyle Connell uh, from uh, Kamanik on loan. Interestingly, Kyle Connell's uh, XG. If you want to talk about XG, if you want to get Stato, uh, his Kyle Connell's XG was higher than uh, Mitch Megginson's from Saturday. He was he was put straight through in the first half. Just to keep it to be interestingly, uh, I thought Kyle Gourley and the and the Cove goal had a had a really good game. But Connor was played straight through. His first touch was terrible. Terrible. Took him out wide. Chance was lost. Second half, the exact same thing again. 2 0 down at this point. Uh his first touch was better, but his his finish was powder puff. Uh Wraith hit the bar. Kyle Gourley had good saves. They put good deliveries into the box. All in the first half but they don't have a forward worth their name to, to take these chances. And certainly on Saturday, they had one centre-half who met up with the squad on Friday and a second centre-half who's actually a central midfielder in Scott Brown, who played who's like Peter Head's captain last season. So the game the game essentially played out how I anticipated it to, 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 to be. I think Cove have enough about them to stay up. I I don't anticipate like there was a lot of chat on Pine Buff about oh well well Cove have got a lot of money. Listen, see if you're starting a championship season with Leighton McIntosh wide left and Robbie Leach wide right, you don't have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like literally, you, you do not have a lot of money. You you may be prepared to pay over the odds for certain players to attract them to the Aberdeenshire area, but you don't have a lot of money. So so this thing about Cove Cove just spend money. I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I think I, I think I might be overplayed to a degree. I was once that second goal went in. I mean, listen, Rovers conceded goals at terrible times. 
they were the better team for about the first six minutes. <laughs> better team for the six minutes. <laughs> then conceded. That, that, that put them backwards. The rest of the first half, again, they were a better team. Then they conceded right at the start of the second half. At that point, I thought it could have been three or four. I was like, we're going to get gubbed here. Uh, Cove are probably marginally the better team second half. So, so absolutely deserved the win. No, no doubt about it. I am still not convinced that Cove will be particularly good this season. Uh, they they may be again they may be able to push the boat out for signers I'm not sure as for Wraith I think there's a budget there for one or two I I, I think best we can hope for Wraith is it's kind of mid-table we can maybe give you Ewan Henderson on loan once uh, another striker arrives that would be bro I mean do you have any influence here? <laughs> I'll write an article about it if you want and see if I can, <laughs> see what if, I can that have, if that would have any influence then yes please <laughs> Probably not, but you can have, you give a bit of hope. Right, Sean, tell us, about our, tell us about our last team in focus. Uh, everybody's favourite club to laugh at, Dundee FC. Do, do you know something? I was, so I was worried. I was worried about the fact that uh, Dundee might be sensible and decent this season. And let's face it, nobody wants that. Dundee <laughs> fans want that, but we don't, and nobody else does. And while I was uh, becoming increasingly irate at Wraith Rovers being terrible on Saturday, I was getting updates from Dennis Park and I was like, actually, this Saturday's fine. <laughs> this has been a decent afternoon in general. The fact that they went 3-0 down, got it back to 3-2, and they still couldn't quite get it back to 3-3 was, uh, you know, so I would regard Saturday as a success. I... I know we spoke about Dundee Partick last last week uh, in terms of podcast. I think Partick are the only team that can conceivably catch Dundee if they have a, a manager who knows what he's doing. Like if I did Dundee can can have a full bench, like like literally puts them ahead of several teams in uh, in the championship. However, based on the highlights, maybe they aren't any good. But but, <laughs> but we'll soon find out. Uh, there was a lot of booing. There was a lot of booing at two 0 down. I think I think it might mean Brian Graham hit the bar from about a yard, which was outrageous. The the booing started at that point when Patrick Thistle went three 0 up. The booing intensified, and then there was a lot of booing at, at full time. And honestly, I'm going to be totally honest here. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> adored it, and I've missed booing. And I've really, really, really enjoyed the highlights. And the other aspect, and, I, and again, this isn't a criticism because. I totally appreciate that that commentary is is difficult, but right for the word go, uh, and it's Gary Cocker's friend, uh, 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 Danny. Don't know what his surname is, uh, so, so I'm, I'm I'm certainly not criticising. But right for the word go, the it goes right. He goes so it's the kickoff from the Singe 2020-2020 season. I'm like, no, no, I don't think that's right. The, the 2020 <laughs> that's like the shortest season. And in the past that we've ever had, and and nothing really, nothing really got better from a Dundee perspective from uh, from there. Was but that a very the, very enjoyable set of of highlights. Is that though exactly what the SWPL one season was in twenty twenty? It was like three I games. Have been, yeah. I, I may have been, may have been, but but you know, some fair play to them. Uh, what I would say is, I still think Dundee will win the league, but from maybe the first fifty five minutes. They were dreadful and and really bad. Defensively inept, uh, lacking in midfield. Yakubiak up front of his own didn't really work. Uh, I I do think if Gary 
if Gary Boyer is is kind of worth his salt, then he will he will have identified that and, and realised that, that that can't be sustained going forward. And bear in mind, they've only made a couple of signings. I mean, again, I kind of mentioned this last last week. Patrick Fizzle would have had a big turnover. You would imagine they've done their business. And I, and I think it's a good squad, championship-wise, for, for Patrick Fizzle. Dundee haven't really recruited that many players, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the players that they've brought in. So like Tyler French at centre-half had an interesting game. I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure that he has uh, uh, lifted that that squad too much in terms of ability. Very handsome. There's no getting away from it. He's very handsome. <laughs> not entirely sure he's, he's uh, improved them quality wise. However, bear in mind, like the the window still has a, a few weeks to go. I would imagine that Gary Boyer still would bring more players in. Uh, I, I think they missed Paul McGowan. Yes, I know he is decrepit. But probably in the championship, he's still a, a decent player. They brought McMullen on in the second half to give them a bit of width. That helped matters. Yakubiak uh, and Zach Rudden still feels okay for the championship. I, I, I suppose the only thing, I suppose the only thing I would worry about if I was a Dundee fan, and I never really considered this up until I watched the highlights of of this game. Like they had a terrible season last season, and like I, I, I know they kind of. Maybe they drew a lot of games. I, I haven't really checked the record. They certainly didn't win very many games. And they haven't turned the squad over at all. And I know they've dropped down a level. So you think, right, well, they've dropped down a level. So you presume they're going to be fine at championship, uh, for, for the championship. But losing or, or drawing or, or not winning becomes a wee bit of a habit. So maybe maybe the squad is still in a wee bit of rut. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it should have been cleared or fumigated a wee bit more I'm, I'm not entirely sure but I I still think Boyer is a decent manager, I, I, I still think Boyer will figure it out, I think they'll bring more players in however that, that booing, the, the booing during a CTV <laughs> was uh, really really funny and I really enjoyed it it was funny, like in the, the the group chat. It was it was Gary Cocker's birthday on Saturday, and we were all sort of saying, <laughs> uh, we're all saying on Saturday, well. oh well, your your birthday coincides with the start of the season. Like every so often, your team must really fuck your birthday up, <laughs> and they're like, ha 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 ha. Five minutes past four, Dundee are three 0 down to Park Thistle. There, you can hear the booze from like, anywhere you want to hear. Yeah. They have. They regularly do fuck up my birthday. I think I think Dundee's interesting. That I think they they had moments last season when they looked like they could catch St Johnston, but almost all of them were when Charlie Adam was doing something like everything that everything like that either through set pieces or there were a couple of games he just took was took by the scruff of the neck and was creating things and the rest of the squad were just nowhere near good enough. Um dropping down the division, yeah. But I think that and I think that they it's the first time in a number of years there's not like a really obvious big dog that's much better you know, that's got a much better squad than anyone else. I I think the I, I think you're right. I think Dundee will they will sort it, but they've got kind of four weeks to get the squad right because um it doesn't. The, the, it, there, there is still some surgery needed. Um, they'll, they will have a bigger budget than most, but it, 
I still, I still think that, like I said, the 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 goals that they conceded were kind of calamitous. Um, the defense needs an, an awful lot of work done on it, and there are enough teams that can put together a decent run that will that 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 would mean they could be off the pace before they've got a chance to do anything more. It's a it's a very very young squad, and I think Dundee fans have from a from a difficult position, I suppose, uh, complimented the young players about how good they are, albeit they've struggled in the Premiership. The fact they're now in the Championship, we'll probably now see how good those young players are, and maybe they're not quite well. We'll see. I mean, I'm I am open minded as to how good these young players are. And maybe they are good, and they can carry them forward to, to, to in terms of winning the league and, uh, and and get promoted again. I, I I'm not quite so sure that they're quite as good as what they've been trumpeted over the last kind of eighteen months. Right, guys, I think that'll do us for uh, lower leagues. Sounds like a plan. Yep. Bye, lower cool. leagues. So it doesn't last. For, so this one doesn't last four hours. <laughs> no, <laughs> weird. Totally weird. Right, let's move on instead to what I advertised at the, to the start of the show. Ten, number 10. We're into the top 10 countdown of the most memorable Scotland games of all time, finishing in 2019. And at number 10, <laughs> we have a 1-0 Scotland victory over Republic of Ireland from November 14, 2014 in a Euro 2016 qualifier match. So this match... Uh, sorry, I, I was going to go into the... Well, well, I could actually say, actually, it was Scotland's fourth game of the campaign, lost in Germany, narrowly beating Georgia, but then got a great point at Poland uh, where Scotland led until 15 minutes to go. And you were starting to think, right, the Germany performance is pretty good as well. They'd equalised against Germany, who were the reigning world champions. You thought, right, OK, this Scotland squad can do something. So this match took place at Celtic Park because of the Commonwealth Games at Hamden, I believe. Uh, or at least the kind of aftermath of the Commonwealth Games in terms of clearing all the <laughs> clearing all the shit up, uh, and yeah, so I did forget though before I get to the teams. Uh, number one at the UK charts, I'm thinking out loud by Ed Sheeran. Not great, but at least I know that song. One of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst, arguably. Oh, you think for Ed Sheeran? No, just in terms of what was number one when we do this section. Yes, because they're often, to be fair, Sean, they're often shite. Uh, it was nearly number it was one n- from pretty much 2016 to about 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was almost uh, All About the Bass by uh, Megan Trainer, which yeah. is, is a better, much better song. No uh, trouble. But unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not. No, no treble. Is it no treble? No yes, yeah, no treble. No, sorry, no treble. Because uh, Craig Anderson cut that for a vine, I think, Terrace Vine, uh, with uh, Celtic losing Inverness Cali in the Scottish Cup semi final. I see what he's done. Mm, very I see what good. He's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and number he's a wee, one. He's, honestly, he's a, wee, he's a wee devil. He's a wee devil, actually. <laughs> <laughs> number one at the UK box office was Interstellar, so that's at least better. A, a confusing film. Yeah, aye. I didn't really get the whole. Yeah, why it was suddenly a big bookcase. I just just plucked it in and it went back in time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, did I understand it? No. <laughs> yes, I, that's that's pretty much how you can sum up with me as well. 
And the bit that they simplified the most that I could understand with the wormhole thing, they'd just take it for Event Horizon anyway. So really, you could really just call it a poor man's Event Horizon. I was alright though. Like, I quite enjoyed it. Not as right. much as I enjoyed this game. <laughs> Not as much as I enjoyed this game. I fucking loved it. So the Scotland team was Marshall, a back four of Steve Whitaker, Russell Martin, Grant Hanley, Andy Robertson, a sitting midfield two of Scott Brown and Charlie Mulgrew, a supporting three of Sean Maloney, Stephen A. Smith and Akechi Anya and Stephen Fletcher up front. The stubs who came on were Darren Fletcher and Russell Martin. The Ireland team, I'm not going to try to attempt every first name because I don't know them all, uh, was Ford and Goal, a back four of Coleman, Keogh, O'Shea and Ward. A midfield four of McGeady, Gibson, Hendrick and McLean. Or McLean. Uh, and you had Walters supporting Long up front. The subs were Quinn, Keane and Brady. So, guys... What are your memories of this game? Go to you, Sean, first of all. Uh, I, so I was at this game and it was... It might have been where this campaign peaked, I suppose. Like, in, in terms of... So if you go from uh, 1998 to... So to where we qualified in 1998 and then qualified for uh, Euro 2020, for me, this might be the most frustrating one. Like, I know you can look at the Euro 2000, we lost England in a playoff. But certainly in terms of a a, a group campaign, and I, I found it infuriating. Like to be, bear in mind, three teams qualified for the group and to be behind a, a, a team where essentially the plan was launch it to Jonathan Walters. And we beat them in the home game and then drew with them in Ireland. Honestly, I, I, I found this campaign really, really... Uh, I, I, I infuriated me in terms of the in terms of the match himself. Uh, I, I thought it was a really really good night. Uh, I, I obviously played at Celtic Park because of what was happening at, uh, at, at Hamden. I thought Scotland deserved the win. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that I really enjoyed Scotland strip that had like silver silver numbers and silver lettering. I, I quite enjoyed that. We it, it was unusual to have a game where Ireland hit their own bar. I think Walters might have struck his own bar. Yeah, and and then in the very very late on after we were one 0 up, I, I couldn't quite work out who it was, but we struck our own bar for a, an looked Irish like, set piece. Looked like Hanley to me. I did exactly a very well directed header from Grant Hanley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my, my favourite. Uh, Scottish players. He he also could have been sent off after about eight minutes. I can't remember who you brought down. Do, do you remember this, Fowler? No. We had a we we discussed this about two or three days after in a kind of Scotsman a Scotsman thing. Oh, and Grant, Grant Hanley got booked after about eight minutes. I can't remember who you brought down. Could easily have been a red card, but regardless, <laughs> that would have been very very harsh because he, he he's a let's face it. Grant Hanley never deserves to get sent off. But it was just a it, it was where the campaign peaked, and I must admit, at full time, I thought. We are genu- we are genuinely going places here. But in terms of the rest of the campaign, and it, it kind of summed God and tracking up, start of the campaign, very good. Second half of the campaign, poor. And a bit like the campaign previous, which was started poorly, ended very well. If you could just have married those things up, probably could have got to a tournament. But I, uh, very, very, uh, very, very frustrating but in terms of that performance, felt like we were going places and thoroughly deserved to win. It was a it was a brilliant night, 
brilliant atmosphere and a, a, a brilliant goal. Oh yeah, the goal itself is a is a thing of beauty, especially the the main stand camera angle. Like the, the, the main camera angle captures it perfectly. Like the, the the bend on the ball for Maloney, like as soon as he leaves his boot, you're thinking, oh, it's in. And it's just the, the wee setup with the wee flick from, from Brown as well. Yeah, it's just a, it's a thing of beauty. And yeah, talking, Sean, you mentioned how frustrating that campaign was. Like, so many points left on the board as well. Like, both games against Poland, winning going into the last 50 minutes. Second game, winning going into injury time. Um, the games against Germany as well. Like, going uh, one each in Germany, immediately concede twice at home against Germany, peg them back and get beat 3-2. Like, there was opportunities there. And then, of course, the uh, obligatory defeat by Georgia. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've done that. We've done the Georgia one in the top 50. We've done the Georgia one from 2007. I don't know if we've done the one for this campaign, but yeah, similar uh, horrible vibes about it. We were just absolutely pissed that day, and you could just kind of tell after about 20 or so minutes, like, we're not getting anything today. They're just, they've just no turned up. And yeah, again, I do know what you mean. I mean, yeah, overall, overall, it probably is the most frustrating of campaigns because you can maybe even look at the last campaign we've had and say that was pretty frustrating considering the way it ended. But for you know, most of the campaign itself, it was pretty good. We never had any aspirations of finishing ahead of Denmark and we we done what we we had to do in terms of you know finishing above Israel and uh, Austria sorry above uh, Austria and uh, I meant to roll my eyes at Israel um so we actually done that we just kind of a bit a bit unlucky as well with the Ukraine game getting moved so yeah this was definitely the and there was other campaign as well we started off terribly I think there's one that followed this we started off horribly but then really kind of came on the second half so it was kind of we were almost kind of you know, nothing to lose. So there wasn't that amount of frustration with that one as well. We just kind of thought, well, we're just shit <laughs> to begin with. They weren't doing anything and then made it interesting late on. So I I'd probably agree with you. The most infuriating of, of Scotland campaigns, this one, because it was a good team. And and at Euros as well. Top two places qualified automatically. Third got you a playoff. No, 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 none of that. Fourth. And I, 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 I totally, it was the most frustrating one. Because I remember going into the uh, before this game, the main reason wanted I really wanted to, like we had to beat Ireland. We kind of when the, the draw came out, it was like right, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to beat Ireland. But I really wanted us to beat Ireland because Scotland go out of tournaments on five points historically. Ireland go through on three. That's what happens. <laughs> Ireland qualify with like you know, plus three goal difference uh, and Scotland don't get, don't make that, that, that tends to be what happens. And so it was like, I really want to, I mean, even like the, they, they made the 2018, they made it to the playoff on 19 points. We were the only team not to get a playoff place on 18 points. It, that That's just what, what tends to happen. So it was like, yeah, we want to be want to be Ireland. They always seem to get these things. They always seem to find a way of spawning their way through the group. Um, Did they not so take we, four points off of Germany? Yes. Yeah, well, that, that oh, was it. And, that and, that was was it. So like, and, that, and that's like... So, so like we always we, we always consider like a game against a number one seed. Oh, it's like a free hit. Oh, it's like a free hit. Oh, oh, we lost 2-1 in Germany. Oh, hard lines. Remember that goal for you, Oh, hi, that was... What a good laugh it was. And then we lost three two at Hamden. Oh, it was a good night. We could have could have could have got a drum. Fucking Ireland beat them. 
Poland yeah. took points on like everybody else took points off them. They, and and they, like, got, oh! they got a point. They 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 beat so like we we go and do what we have to do. We get the four points from the two games, which is like that's basically what you need to do. Just don't fuck it up anywhere else. We do drop dog points to Georgia, but even then, even when we drop, they get Shane Long scores in the ninety third minute to equalize against Poland, so they get a point, and then they go and fucking beat Germany. And Darren, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling certain, like Darren Randolph was incredible against Germany. Oh, yeah. I was, it was also the night, and again, I listen. I, I don't think I, I, I get, I don't think I lose the head uh, that much when it comes to football. But that was the night that Celtic. Remember that Celtic tweeted, "Good luck to it was whatever Irish players they had playing against Germany." It was like, "Good luck to whoever, to whoever it was," and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Like, if I only beat Germany tonight, and we can't qualify, you're a you're a fucking Scottish team. Why are you wishing I?" And, and honestly, that that everything everything about that campaign infuriated me, uh, and and ultimately it was unsuccessful. But I think it. I think it boiled down to Strachan being like so conservative in terms of how, like, how he us up. Famous, famous, uh, or infamous uh, Craig Forsyth over Andy Robertson in the away game in Ireland. Incredible! I was, I was at that game as well, and I was that entire first half. I was absolutely spitting feathers. I was, <laughs> I, was yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it, it may have had one of the worst 45 minutes I have ever seen. Every single thing. If, if you could, I don't know if you can find that game in Y Scout. Try and look at them. I, I would imagine these successful actions were in the single figures. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got two other recollections from, from well, one, one was a recollection from the game, one was just a weird audit he spotted. So the other thing I, um, I remember is like Roy Keane being assistant manager and like. Roy Keane's like just a constant angry ball of energy at the best of times, but he wasn't directing any of his anger at like the referees or the Scottish players, and it was like a pretty full-blooded game. Like it was a, it was a, it felt like a, a you no know, cliche, but it felt like a teams that were familiar with each other. It was a good, good, um, like almost like a league encounter to to that. It, there was no respect there whatsoever, which was great. But Roy Keane was just fuming and shouting at his own players. It wasn't anything to do with anyone else. There was nothing. There was ne- he never lost the head with the officials. He's just yet like fuming, and the cameras like cutting to Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane's in the background, just giving like absolute dogs abuse to like Seamus Comer or someone on the sidelines. Uh, yeah, just uh, just wild. The other weird curiosity from this: so the the twenty sixteen qualifiers. Seven players in the whole of Europe scored more than four goals, and all of them were in our group. Was Stephen Fletcher one of them by any chance? Stephen Fletcher got six, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were all of them against Gibraltar? Well, yeah, probably, yes. Well, well, probably it was something to do with it. was two hat tricks. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention that for this game. That flick he tries to do with the cross in the first half. What are you doing? Rubbish. You I tell never, you, absolutely. At that point, that point I think he scored about twice for Scotland. Wrap your fucking foot around it. What are you doing? I remember, uh, so I think, was this game a Friday night? And then we had a friendly against yes. England. About four days later, and it all very much felt like a kind of Lord after the Lord Mayor show with like the so I it's a friend like against England, however. The the most important game was against Ireland. But I'd I was working night shift at that point, and I remember I'd I'd got a ticket for the England game and then kind of slept during the day and then 
kind of ran to get a bus that was just up the road for me for the, for the England game. And I'd, I'd only been awake for about 35 minutes, but everybody on the bus was blutered. And I mean blutered. I was the only sober person on the bus, but I had brought uh, Coke and, uh, sorry, Both? Diet Coke and vodka. And I kind of Diet Coke, well, I was like, I'll, ca- I'll catch up with these people. But literally, like, so they picked me up in sticks, which is like just up the road from me. And then you travel about 300 yards and then you have to go around a roundabout. And there was a probably a father and son, but the guy might have been, old guy might have been 60, son might have been whatever it was, 35. And the old, I mean, the old boy was burst, absolutely burst. <laughs> and as soon as we went left, so he was on the right hand side of the bus, but on the on the kind of on the outside of that, if that makes sense. And as soon as we turned left to go through the roundabout, he he just fell off his seat and landed in the middle of the bus. I was like, my goodness, this is going to be a long journey for you because you're already black and blue, and we've only been <laughs> in the bus for approximately ninety seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys, I think that'll do us. Cool. Let's end on the, on the old boy uh, falling off his bus. <laughs> I suppose the concern thing was his night never got any better. I'm absolutely pumped. <laughs> I even rubbish that game. And that was after uh, the the week before. Um, sorry, that was after like, after the year before when we'd like ran them so close at Wembley and you kind of thought, right, brilliant, get them in, get them at Celtic Park. We'll do them. And then it was just kind of, there was so much energy. It felt like it was spent the previous Friday that it was just the whole, the team were flat, the players were flat. Wayne Rooney just pissed all over us. Yeah, not great. All right, let, let, let's not do that again. Yeah, I never stopped that. We're like, okay, we're not doing these yearly friendlies again. He's <laughs> <laughs> <are> too good. Carry <laughs> us, we can beat me this every year. <laughs> Right, guys, thank you very much, and thank you to everybody for listening. If you'd like to hear more, we're about to go record our Patreon, where we're going to talk about Rangers being defeated in midweek in Europe. <laughs> and um, and also discuss the news that uh, the women's, the new Scottish Women's Cup uh, is going to take place, semi-finals and finals are going to take place at Hamden, so we're going to have a wee discussion about that as well. So head over to patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast for that. That's going to be on the £2 per month tier. How can you turn down volume like that? You shouldn't. You should go over and subscribe. That's what you should definitely do. Right, guys. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And that's goodbye for me, Craig Feller, for the weekend. I hope you enjoy your football. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.